0: This is the Bucking Stock News Podcast, powered by Two Bulls, bringing you the stories and experiences from within the Bucking Stock world. And here's your host, Kyle Lippincott. What's up, everybody? We're back. Uh, another episode. This one, as always, I say they're all good, but, but this one's definitely uh, going to be interesting for some of you guys that are kind of new getting in. Here's some, some backstory of, of how the Breeders Connection got to start, how they are, where they are today. Um, this episode brought to you by the bullmen.com. Uh really cool apparel company. You guys check them out. Do yourself a favor and order order some apparel uh for buck and bull breeders for buck and bull breeders. Also, want to remind you guys uh, repurposematerials.com. If you guys are taking these winter months to stock up on on inventory of upgrades to the ranch. Uh, to do in the spring summer months, uh, you guys need to check out repurposed materials. Uh, they've got yards all over the country, uh, including Denver, Fort Worth. Uh, I think he's. I think there's one in South Carolina, um, Mississippi, maybe, et cetera, et cetera. But they've got anything from guardrail, uh, cable, um, conveyor belting you can use to sheet your lead ups, uh, sheet your arena, wind breaks. Uh, billboard tarps, anything anything you can imagine that you can use on the ranch, I promise you Repurposed Materials have it. Check it out, repurposedmaterials.com. You'll be glad that you did. Um, as I already mentioned, this episode is with Nate Morrison and The Breeders Connection. I think uh, you guys are really, really going to enjoy this one. Uh, before we get to that, we have a, a word from our friends at TC Buckingstock Sale.
1: It's here, the TC Bucking Stock Sale, December 29th in McAllister, Oklahoma. This sale features bulls, cows, heifers, embryos, and semen and is open to all consignments. Check them out on Facebook at TC Bucking Stock Sale and mark your calendar December 29th, McAllister Union Stockyards at 10 a.m. It's the TC Bucking Stock Sale.
2: Well, Laramie, we're, we're back on the podcast. Seems like we, we take a, a little break on accident between our episodes, but we uh get to being so busy and, and everything else uh the finals schedule has been released the the finals date uh that's right around the corner everybody's having to get prepared and uh for us we're kind of having to get prepared in a little bit of a i want to say like a winter polar bs come through freezing rain we i was out of power for two days has it been that bad down by you i think
3: cold and wet we we didn't lose power fortunately but uh it, you talk about getting ready a little different. Uh, usually, I I've, I've had my Facebook memories popping up. And five or six years ago, we were getting back from Vegas. The last three or four years, we were leaving right now. And uh, and this this year, I, I'm I'm still at home. And a week from today, I'm uh, I'm actually headed to Sioux Falls. So it it is a lot different this year. Luckily, the the finals 20 25 miles from the house, so uh, <laughs> it won't be too bad. But <laughs> It is a little bit different, for sure, having the Classic Finals uh, the week before, or first round of the Classic Finals, I should say, and then coming back and bucking our Fraternity Bulls here in Fort Worth. So.
2: Yeah. yeah, so just for, for people listening that may have not seen the schedule uh, posted by the ABBI, the, the the Derby in the first round of the Classic Finals is, is in two Falls. Was it like the 4th and 5th or 5th and 6th or something like that?
3: I think the 6th and 7th exact dates. Six and seven. Uh, yep, yep. And then and is, uh, they're in the velocity finals. So, yeah. yep. in yeah, the velocity it's, finals, it's not a bring your own rider. We, we'll have some pretty pretty good bull riders up there, so that's one
2: plus about it. So, and when we when we say the first round of the classic finals, the 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 every all the classic bulls entered or qualified, whatever you however you want to word it, will buck there, and then the top are they bringing fifteen back like normal? That's what. Well, every year it varies a little bit. The top 15,
3: Lambert has a spot saved for at the finals. Uh, If Lambert only likes 13 of them or if maybe there's 17 he likes, uh, the number may vary a little. But but he does have a spot saved for 15 of the top classic bulls at the
2: PBR finals at the AT&T Stadium. And they'll come back and buck there. Uh, real quick, I, I want to get into this this episode, but something that we we've been talking about that we're going to do, uh, you and I are going to commentate the fraternity stuff uh, in at Fort Worth for the ABBI finals uh, via the ABBI Facebook page. But something w- different we're going to do, uh, you and I are going to have a special guest um, two times a day uh, for every day of the finals to be what do we say? Four, Four days, and then we'll have one at the end of check-in, I believe. So five, nine total episodes is what I'm trying to get out of there, uh, with nine different guests uh, going over the upcoming performance, uh, recap the performance, what what we can expect the next day, so on and so forth. I uh, don't, do we want to release some of our guests yet, or do we want to keep that a secret?
3: Uh, I think let, let's keep it a secret. Let, let's uh, we'll, we'll make an official release date later.
2: <laughs> I think you guys are gonna like that. We'll we'll get to talk about the finals. Maybe have a little Q and A or or some random questions for our guests. I think it's gonna be interesting for everybody. Uh, with with everybody's kind of fast paced, going and going at the finals, or at least that's usually how it is. Maybe different this year. Um, be able to sit down and talk with a couple different people and recap what's been going on. But with that being said, uh, there's been some big money bull deals here in the last few weeks, and our guest, Nate Morrison, with the Breeders Connection, has been the guy uh, kind of behind some of those big money bull deals, Jeremy.
3: Yeah, for sure. Nate, Nate's always
2: uh, kind of been at uh, the
3: front of pushing and selling and marketing bulls for other people, uh, and some people market them on their own, but but Nate's always been good about marketing and getting other animals sold. and. Uh, it, it's not all the time or, or with today's technology, sometimes it's easier to do it over the Internet and, and you get a bigger uh, crowd, so to speak. So it, it's going to be exciting for me just to hear
1: Nate's
3: uh, thought process on when he come up with the idea. And that's been, I'm going to say, 15 years ago. Nate?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we held our first sale in uh, 2004 online. And so, yeah, we're going on uh, 15 years, I think. So, yeah, we've been doing it. Yeah, it it uh yeah, we started it before uh you know kind of kind of when guys were first starting posting their websites, you know, marketing them online, but it was before Facebook really took off, before, you know, guys even had uh videos on their phones and stuff. So, it yeah, it's been been quite the journey over the last 10 years.
2: But before we get into too much history of it, uh, I, I want to know all about it, but when when 2020 come upon us and and the p- pandemic broke out and all this and all this other BS that we have going on, did you think that you would have some the high selling sales that you've had so far this year?
1: You know, uh, uh, surprisingly, uh, um, it, it kind of it really really took a dive. Uh, you know, uh, May, June, July, August, I kind of felt bad for some of those guys that had their sales scheduled, you know, during those times. And uh, basically in July and August, I really just took a break uh, from doing too many online sales uh, just to kind of let everybody recoup. And during the summertime, everybody's busy rodeoing and everything too. So it kind of works out good that way. But you know, I was uh, actually starting to get calls from from buyers wanting to know when the next sales were going to be and everything. So, uh, there in uh, um, September, uh, you know, I was kicking off a really strong run of uh, fall sales coming up. And so, I uh, was able to put together a sale that was going to kind of grab everybody's attention and put their focus back on the online sales. And so, uh Brett Barrett uh ended up consigning that uh black cherry bull with us and uh we were willing to uh take a take a chance on it and Brett was wanting to take a gamble on it and uh by golly you can't hit a home run if you don't swing and uh uh it it, it connected and, and uh hit a home run and then the momentum's just been carrying from there. But yeah we uh that black cherry bull of Brett's uh when he consigned him uh uh he uh was, you know, just trying to break into the top five in the futurity standings. So we posted posted the preview and he took him to an event uh in uh Benita while the while the bull was posted for for preview and, and in and that bull had a whale of a trip there and jumped to number two in the uh futurity standings, the two year old standings right right before the, the bidding happened on the sale the weekend, you know, of it. And uh I think it it was just a perfect storm where the the right buyers grabbed grabbed attention and uh he was offering him uh for half interest, had no reserve on him and uh was just gonna see where it where it went and uh, had about four guys Fighting for him, and uh, they had the option to double double their bid for all of him, and uh, the half interest bid ended at forty thousand five hundred, and they ended up taking all of him for eighty one thousand. So yeah, that was that was. It's been a long time since uh, we've had a, a two year old, you know, or any bull bring that kind of money on the Breeders Connection, and, and then the momentum, actually, just been carrying on from there every week. We've been able to, to sell some bulls, breaking over that 10,000 mark every week uh, since, since then.
2: Yeah, not, not what Nighttime Crime bring, 20? Yeah,
1: uh, na- Nighttime Crime brought 20,000, um, and then we had that uh, old, uh Dodge's uh, little yearling uh-huh. last week brought 13,000. um but yeah, nighttime crime he, he sold for twenty, uh just two weeks after Black Cherry did.
2: I guess I I seen the preview for the Dodge sale, I didn't I guess I didn't uh keep up with that one, but that the their little white bull sold?
1: Yeah, the little white bull sold for thirteen thousand and uh what was real encouraging was uh we had uh, I think like fifteen, sixteen bulls on there for uh the Dodges and uh Every single one of them uh, got sold. We didn't have have one bull uh, that didn't get get reserved, mad and didn't sell.
4: Okay, so that,
1: that's, that that that's never happened before. Honestly, okay. and that that was just last week. So or two uh, two weeks ago. Sweet. And then we got the six bar C sale uh, is happening tonight? this yeah tonight, and uh, he's got uh, nitro on there. <laughs> uh with uh you know a two year old bull that hasn't been to but two events and I think he's won the two events he's been to just winning the limited futurity in Duncan and uh he's actually selling with his entry fee paid at the open futurity at the A B B I final so he's he's got a chance to somebody's got a chance to uh get a quick return on their investment. And uh last time last time uh Justin Cox did that was the week of the American Heritage Futurity. And uh, that turned out pretty well for those uh, uh, guys that bought boots. I was
2: gonna say that that was uh, that was quite. That don't happen like that every day. And they, those when the K.V. bought him, he he just he just
1: kept getting better and better. Yeah, yeah. It's uh. I tell you what. There's there's been some sleepers uh, even in the last couple years on the Brooders Connection that guys are, I know, are really kicking their sales for not buying uh was that bull uh gratneys that's uh uh, son of amigo too uh he was just on there last year uh kind of over thanksgiving is right before i was was actually heading down to to uh uh, on the road for the nfr sale uh while while the bidding was going on and uh he had a bunch of Weenlands on there and uh uh had a low reserve on him eight hundred dollars and uh, I can't remember the bull's number right now, but he, he no sale, didn't meet the reserve for $500, and he's, you know, been right up there uh, at the top of the juvenile standings all year. And somebody sure. could have ended up buying him for only 800 bucks, uh last November.
2: I'll be there.
1: Yeah, and then so uh, you know- there's...
2: What about but, like some bulls like that I can remember from back in the day, and then maybe this will lead us to the history of the breeders' connection, the message board, and all that. But like, you remember like Latino Heat or or that uh, that uh, that Blueberry Wine son that looked exactly like Blueberry Wine? Like, do you do you by chance happen to keep up with those bulls on accident? Like, where where are some of those bulls that brought some Jack? Where they ended up?
1: You know, uh, uh, Latino Heat. Uh, that was uh, that was a bull that actually came from the Dodges, and that was our first real big money bull that you know went over over fifty thousand. I think he ended up selling for seventy five thousand as a three year old. Um, one of those deals where he was entered in the wild card uh, type event, uh, and we sold him after the entries were closed. Um, and I think uh, oh man, my, I can't even remember what year that was. Um, but uh, you remember Laramie? I he, remember, I, I
3: want to say Diamond S ended up with him. Or yeah, Diamond
1: but. Diamond S ended up with him, and then I know they didn't, you know, he they just uh didn't have very good success with him, and and Cactus actually took him back to uh kind of get him back into you know uh bucking like he was when he sold him and and sent him back to him. And I don't know what happened happened oh. to him from there. You know, some of them, it, it, it's real funny, uh, some of them bulls, the high-dollar bulls really go on. Some of them, you know, they just kind of get lot, lost in the mix, but it's its those bulls that, you know, sometimes sell for 3000 3500 you know, that that nobody really even pays attention to when they're on the sale that actually go on and, and do the most. I remember, I think, uh, oh, that one year we had a, had a sale for a guy in Michigan, and uh, uh, Jesse Hill ended up buying a bull from him for 3500 You watched the video. I mean, he was just just two, three jumps, bucked his guy off. He didn't think nothing real special of him. Uh, very next year, uh, that bull uh, went on to be the, the PRCA bucking bull of the year, uh, and Jesse called him uh, uh, Wyoming's cross the line. And he yeah. bought him off the breeder's connection for no more than thirty five hundred bucks. And the very next year was a bucking bull of the year. And so you know, those those type of stories are my favorite. Oh yeah. So, and there's there's been a lot more of those those stories. You know, guys calling me bulls going to the NFR and different things like that of uh, the bulls they they purchased off of there that that were just just bulls at the time when they bought them.
2: Uh huh. What what about some some of the bucking horses? I I know
1: like you started
2: selling a lot more horses and it seems like that those horses that you offer on there are maybe uh kind of a notch above maybe you could say and it seems like a lot of them horses there's a market for them. Them really good bred young bucking horses.
1: Yeah, uh, you know the bucking horse market's completely completely different than the uh, um uh buck and bull market right now only only because you can't win uh the type of money that you can with a uh you know two year old three year old colt that you can with a two year old and three year old bull um until that changes uh you know where they're winning more money with those those colts uh you know it the right now the driving force in the buck and horse market is you know those n f r Type animals and uh you know whether it be the stallions or brood mares that can raise them and so and so to get the the kind of money uh that you want you know to to grab it's it's got to be kind of the elite of the elite uh to grab that kind of money and i've been been thankful enough to to be able to sell some stallions and some mares and and everything uh that way um where we've been able to 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 get a few of them you know uh, sold that uh, for for big money um and I work with uh, uh Steve Stone with the Bucking and Horse Breeders Association with his Super Stakes Futurity. and uh you know it's it's a, what we're trying to do with that is is have a a sale and a futurity that actually pays out you know $10,000 to win um, in, in trying to, to stir up the value in those, those young, uh, colts, uh, that way. And I think this year will be our, uh, third year, uh, going into 2021. will be our third year doing the sale. And, uh, this year over the years will be the second year of, uh, having the futurity. And, and what's
2: uh, so, what's the response been with that?
1: You know, it's been, it's been really good, uh, um, You know, in order to be eligible for the BHBA Super Stakes, and the BHBA is the Bucking Horse Breeders Association. It's a DNA registry for bucking horses. And in order to have a a two-year-old colt eligible for the Super Stakes, they have to be DNA verified, sired by uh, either a stud or a mare that's either competed at the NFR or has raised something that's been at the NFR. So these colts, you know, already to even be eligible, have to have that genetic, uh, you know, performance base behind them before they can even be accepted into the, to be a part of the super stakes. And so, oh, that's, uh, that's interesting. and then, uh, um, you know, we sold, a, um, I think, and, and we get, you know, the birches are involved, Wade, uh, Sankey's involved. Uh, you know, and, and some of those guys offering uh, colts and bloodlines that you, you would never have an opportunity to, to get otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so that, uh, you know, it's, it stirs up a little bit more extra interest. And then, you know, you you get to buy a colt and, and only the colts sold on that online sale on the Breeders Connection uh, have a chance to compete against the other colts that were sold in that sale um as a three year old uh over New Year's at the Birch's Buck and Ball in Gillette, Wyoming. And so it's it's a uh an event that that Steve, you know, is very passionate about and uh I'm just thankful that, that I get to help him uh try to try to get that market going with them young horses uh through the through the breeders connection. i'll be
2: think? That's kinda Laramie that's kinda something interesting that about the, the horse deal where they, they have to be genetically backed to even be involved. Like where where I don't feel like there's anything with a bull program like that. It's almost like, yeah, we try to preserve the, the DNA and we talked to Jordan about the registry and I'm by no means dogging it, but there's no programs for how well they're bred or how proven they're bred already,
1: I guess is what I'm saying. And yeah. the, the great thing about this, not to interrupt you, Laramie, but the great thing about this is it it actually pursues it gives everybody an opportunity to uh um you know compete in a sale like this you know to where you, all you have to do is is either go to a stud or breed to a stud uh, or a, you know have a mare that that um, has either been to the NFR or raised a colt that's been to the NFR. I know. And, and it gives you just a little bit more incentive to, to add that to your program. I know even personally myself, you know, I've been raising bucking horses with my dad long before I was ever involved with the, the Breeders Connection and the uh, bucking bull side of things. And uh, we actually purchased a stud this year that has raised, uh, already raised colts, that has gone to the NFR just for the fact that we might be able to market their colts as this BHBA super stakes. And that's that's what I think is is great about it is it it almost it it puts that direction in those breeding programs to keep their focus on those uh N F R type bloodlines.
2: Wasn't your sire thing, Laramie, I mean not to get in too much detail, but what you you and Katie had talked about or brainstormed have something to do, something like that.
3: Yeah, it, it was uh, not so it much on the dam side, but more the sire side. Uh, a, a base it, it was kind of based off a of barrel horse program that they have, but it, it was pretty close to that.
2: So they had to, in order to even be eligible, they had to have like sired a bull, went to the finals or the ABBI finals or something?
3: Yeah, uh, we, we oh. were going to try to limit it to a certain amount of sires, and their sire had to be proven, and, and there had to be a track record. You couldn't just show us a video from the house. Yeah, uh, that that their offspring had won money at competitions
2: and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, that's a, that's neat. Nate. And then being able to market on the internet, I think that's pretty neat too.
1: Yeah, that's uh, you know, we had a, uh, there was one guy that that won, he actually uh, um, I can't remember if he won it or placed second uh, at this year's uh, BHBa uh, Futurity. And he just happened to to run across it on a Facebook post, wasn't involved in the uh, bucking horses. I think he lived in Illinois. He ended up buying one of the colts, and uh, the the consigner, the guy that raised him, he just had him keep the colt, hauled him out there uh, to the Futurity, and uh, he came, traveled all the way out to Wyoming to watch his colt buck. And uh, he ended up uh, winning winning some big time money on that purchase, and uh, I think he's still still involved in the bucking horse industry today. You know, buying up more and trying to get more involved. So That's yeah, awesome. the, inter- the internet brought in brought in new new people that that you know were just scrolling through Facebook and uh, found it that way. So what about but,
2: what, so let's let's take it back, Nate. You, you said before we started recording about your memory and what have you, but. Like I remember, shoot, I bet I was ten, eleven, nine, somewhere, somewhere in there on those message board days. Like some, sometimes I, I missed the message board days. It was like there was, because you had to be in the, the bull deals, you know, like to really know about the message board. And I had to see everybody's drama on Facebook or whatever. I don't know, but it, it was, it was interesting. And it was kind of maybe even before the auction, did you have the message board?
1: Yeah, yeah, I can kind of uh, go back, kind of give a breeder's connection history lesson here. Uh, it's actually, there's there's a lot in there, and it, it's funny that you brought up the age that you were. I was just just thinking about this the other day. You know, some of some of the big time players right now in the ABBI. You know, you and Hayden and Laramie and Hayden Shaw and Brandon Stewart and Clay Taylor. You know, all all them guys. I've I've been watching you guys since you were eight nine <laughs> ten years old uh, with your passion of bucking and bulls, and uh, now now you got and back then I knew knew there would be a day when you guys would be the the front runners of the industry and and here we are, uh, ten ten years yeah, later, good. where that that you guys have stuck with it all along and and uh, sure enough uh, the kind of the 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 main runners in in uh keeping everything going right now so that's that's been really probably one of the most rewarding things to see is is to watch all you guys grow up you know from the very beginning of when i started this to to where you are now with it and that's, that's probably been like i said the most rewarding thing with the breeders connection is seeing that take place but we started i started the breeders connection in uh Well, it it really started in 2003. I was uh, 23 years old at the time and uh, moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, was living in a little apartment going to school down there. And uh, it all started with, uh, oh, about a year year or so before that, I built a website for my bucking horses, you know, just to kind of, I wasn't promoting them for sale or anything. I was just bored. And had a website for my bucking horses you know with pictures and their pedigree and stuff like that and uh uh, randy shippy who i uh knew at the time you know growing up in south dakota and stuff i've known randy for forever and he was always hounding me he wanted me to build him a website for his bucking bulls he he just thought that he could get his promote his bucking bulls out there and sell bucking bulls over his website and so i got got to tulsa you know didn't Struggling for money, whatever, and I was like, man, I'll I'll call Randy up, see if he still wants that website, and I'll build him a website and uh, get that going. And I built his website, boy. I mean, it was just like overnight. He was he was getting calls, and other people were wanting websites. And so I uh, kind of did a referral thing to Randy, where you know you referred me some customers, I'd give you a discount on the price. you know, uh, Curtis Mendel, uh, Jerry and Carol Bryan, and uh, Brady and Ronnie Roach uh, called me up, and and uh, so I built built websites for them promoting their their Bucking Bull websites. And you know as well as I do, back then, uh, you know that Rafter Seven was kind of the the mainstay of the Bucking Bulls back in those days, and so uh, creating. Uh, uh, their website then spurred on to where, I mean, I had 20-some websites built within a month for guys with these buck and bulls. And so, so it, it just kind of snowballed just, just in that just a short time of all of a sudden I'm smack dab uh, building these websites for these, these buck and bull guys. So I created a a, a website called com. And all this was, was uh, a place to, uh, one place you could go to, to find all these websites in one spot, that's the name, the Breeders Connection. And so, and then it was kind of like this uh, deal where all those websites were promoting the Breeders Connection, everything like that. Well, at that same time, 2003, uh, you know, the Buckers, uh, buckers Buckers.com, they had a message board and uh, website. Well, then Buckers ended up selling to the ABBI, uh, to the PBR, and that's when the ABBI cre create, was created. Was that 2003-2004 time? Well, that message board that they had, which you know, uh, you got to understand this is long before Facebook and and any kind of interaction with that. So those message boards were the social media of its day. And so uh, I created a, a message board on the Brooders Connection. And, uh, you know, that just kind of was the heartbeat, drawing people to the Brooders Connection. And, I mean, that thing exploded, you know, to where you had, we had 1,000, 3,000 registered members on that message board. And, I mean, it was the place for uh bucking bull news i mean there's there's a lot of friendships that people have to this day from that that message board and uh i i gotta tell you uh that was that was a full-time job uh keeping keeping that message board uh from from blowing up with all the all the drama that could easily get stirred up on there let me tell you i don't I don't know if I made friends or enemies because of that message board, but it was, it was, it was uh, quite the quite the ex- learning experience. I can tell you that. Believe it. But it it was a it was uh, a uh, you know anybody that remembers that message board, I'm sure they can relate to what I had to get, deal with on a daily basis with that thing. But uh, you know, uh, so the. Anyway, that message board, I mean, it, it was attracting a lot of people, and and so, so I you, know, it, it was like the breeders connection already had its customer base, and then uh, it was Ronnie Roach uh, or Brady Roach called me, uh, with their website, and they just, uh, uh, you know, cloned, cloned CP1 uh, Kung Fu at the time and uh they were they were wondering how they could uh auction off one of those clones on their website and so uh um i was kind of looking looking around finding some things and so i found found a way to 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 hold an auction to auction off one of those clones and before i we had that ready to go they already had had that clone sold so they you know didn't need to do it that way And so uh, I was constantly having to update everybody else's websites with their uh, cattle getting sold off their websites and everything. And and that kind of stirred up in me, well, let me try one of these online auctions on the Breeders Connection. And uh, so I think it was January of 2004, I held my first online auction, uh, one bull, one cow, and one lot of semen. And uh, first sale, not a one of them sold. Hmm. And then, uh, so I did it again for another week, and uh, ended up starting to get more sold. And uh, you know, it just started started developing with that. And then uh, uh, I think his his Brad Fudge got the idea of uh, posting a video of a bull bucking and selling selling it based off a of video of the bull bucking. And so he, you know, this was before too many people had digital videos and stuff. So they were taking videos off of a VHS, you know, recorder, getting them digitized, putting them onto a lap, you know, onto the computer. And, and we were p- posting videos and, and that was a game changer. Um, you know, I think we sold, uh We sold our first bull with a video for $20,000, and and that was, you know, it just just took off like crazy after that, and uh, been doing it, uh, holding a sale every week for uh, the last uh, 10 years or so now. And uh, it's it's really I I mean it's it's taken taken me places I n- never never dreamed I could go with with the industry and met met people and know people and and are doing things now with even live sales that I never never dreamed I'd be doing. So real
2: quick before we get to the the live sale, and I want to talk to you about the NFR stuff. But what about like so? I, if I remember right, they were they were like. I could consign a, a bull, Laramie can consign a cow, you could put up some salmon, so on and so forth, and you had 10 or 12 lots of one or two people had had multiple lots, right? And then yep. it didn't seem like it was, I'm going to say, very long ago. It may have been six years ago, I don't know, where you started. You don't really do that a whole lot anymore. Like the, the Black Cherry deal was one of those instances where you had a, a consignment sale, but most of it are production sales for for individual ranches and operations what what made you was there such a demand for online pr- production sales that you went that way or what what made you go from open consignments to one ranch production sales
1: well it actually uh ended up being uh facebook facebook got really popular and uh people were uh, able to uh sell sell their stock over facebook without a middleman and so I really wasn't even stirring in, uh, uh, you know, getting in consignments to to fill a sale in a week. You know, it it really I was noticing a big hit on the Breeders Connection and the online sales. And so I I played I, uh, I think my very first production sale that I ever did was uh, um, uh, Cliff Wiggins' sale with uh, the Pages. And uh, he was my very first production sale uh, that I did, where you know I kind of created that live bidding format, like it is now, where where you preview them for a week, and then you just have uh, one night of bidding, where uh, one lot opens every five minutes after after yep. one another to kind of give it that that you know impulse bidding kind of feel that you get at an auction and uh um it was actually F- facebook made me have to readjust my way of doing things to survive and uh so so i started doing these uh you know so production you had sales to adapt. yep yep you had to it ad- you had to adapt. that's exactly it and so i just adapted uh to these production sales and and you know it got to where uh, you know i uh, you have to you have to book with me a minimum of ten head to do a production sale and and every now and then like like that sale with Black cherry or whatever I'd probably about once a month or once every two months, I'll hold out a date to where I'll do an open sale um or a select sale you know for those guys that only have one or two head that they're they're wanting to sell and can't can't commit to a full ten head um but you know i'll do I'll do anywhere from ten head to a hundred head. Um on a production sale, and uh you know i usually usually stay about two to three months booked out uh with dates filled with production sales now and so so that that adapting to those doing it that way i think uh, uh saved the brooders' connection
2: so real quick
1: uh you've kind of you've kind of
2: adapted you said you said the the minimum of ten head but or anybody that's listening that that may want to uh check out the breeder's connection is just to watch some check out some lots or to book a sale like kind of walk us through
1: the the details on both ends there. Yeah, right right now um I'm booked up all the way to uh about right after uh, end of December I'm booked. And so I'm going to start start filling my uh you know January dates which are actually uh you know when I have some of my better sales is at the first of the year. And so I'll start booking January, February, and then into my spring sales now. So if somebody's wanting a wanting one of those dates, you know, now is the time to book. Um if you if you call me closer to January and stuff, those dates are already going to be full. Um and what I do on a production sale is uh I charge a fifty dollar per head um consignment fee, upfront consignment fee um to, to save a date. And so you have to have to send send in, you know, if you want to do ten head, twenty head, you have to send in uh fifty dollars per head um to to get into the books to save your date. And then and then we you know up until you have up until about a week before your sale date to get all the information to me. You know, videos, ABBI numbers, pictures,
0: and the info,
1: and then uh, and then I'll post it. You got a week a week long preview where I'll promote your sale, and and everybody can check out the lots. And then we have the the night of bidding, and then uh, you know the way I, that I've always done my sales is I just connect the buyer to the seller, so the the, the buyers pay the sellers directly. And then uh, you know you set set your bottom dollar you know reserve price on those lots. If if they don't get met, reserves don't get met. You don't have to pay you know anything beyond what you already paid on your deposit. And then if they do sell, um, I charge a five percent commission that's due after you've been paid by the buyers. And so and so with doing it this way, you know uh, it's uh once one sale ends bam i got the preview for the next sale going and uh i kind of i got like tonight tonight i have uh Justin Cox's uh six bar c sale tonight uh starting tomorrow you'll be able to view the preview of uh Cody Lostro's uh sale coming up offerings being offered there of weanland bulls Weenland heifers and uh, i mean they buck i'm i'm impressed with them and then uh following that i'll have uh cindy rosser and uh, julio marino's sale coming up uh, their west best bucking stock sale that they've done with me every year about this time in november um for and i've been doing their sale for is the last that, isn't that five where years Mr. Or come from? that is that is he's yeah. another one of those uh uh, wingland bulls that, uh, uh, Ron Osball bought from Julio as a Wingland just two years ago, uh, from that West best sale. And, and he's been, uh, turning some heads and, and been, been pretty strong all year. Uh, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what he gets done, uh, at the ABBI finals this year, because then, uh, julio's sale and cindy's sale is coming up the uh, the week right after the abbi finals. so so i'm hoping mr dyer does pretty good out there
2: so laramie was mentioning this before we uh I ho- are you still there larry
3: oh yeah i'm still here okay, okay. I'm, I'm reminiscing about the good old days when we i know
1: right <laughs> oh man now we, we we could spend here all day going over some of them stories
2: you're, you're gonna you're gonna get me on my soapbox just a little bit here.
1: And and for people
2: listening, if if you get a little upset, I really don't care. But Laramie Laramie had said it earlier about you kind of being the first to really push and market your cattle online. And I'm sure you, you read this, Nate, and uh, me and Laramie talked about it a little bit, but I'm gonna go through it for the people listening because it leads me to the marketing aspect on, on your end, and I feel like uh, BSN and Laramie and I can can offer uh, a different side of of the marketing uh, that ties into with your marketing. But anyways, so there's somebody made a post on Facebook, blah blah blah, a bunch of drama was started. We talked about it with the message board, whatever, whatever. And you just read those comments, and and people are just dogging the business of nothing moves, nothing sells, nothing this, nothing that. And like me personally, like hauling outside bulls and. And selling some cattle of my own, like I, I've done the best that I've done as far as just as a year in a whole. I'm not saying I've sold an animal for more than I've ever sold before, but just as a as a making a living inside the bucking bull business, I've done better this year than than I've done other years. And and I feel like with that being said, but like I don't I don't do anything else. If if I'm not doing bucking stock news, I'm, I'm messing with bucking bulls. If I'm not messing with bucking bulls, I'm hauling bucking bull related cattle for other people and like i just i feel like i I put in a lot of effort and i'm not trying to toot my own horn but with that being said my response to these people on that on that post was talking about the times of change you not just people in the bull business have had to adapt but every business in america has had to adapt with it's not how it used to be per se right and and with that being said marketing your program your outfit what you have going on I feel like it's a huge thing that people are missing the boat on in in today's game to be frustrated with why they can't sell cattle. And here we are, you talking about you spend a whole week marketing a a individual sale that has chosen you to to market their cattle. And and I just I don't know. I feel like I guess I don't. Have, it's not really a question for you, but it's just the fact that people don't understand. They want to be mad at the business, but they don't want to put any effort to market what
1: they're trying to offer. Well, I, I you know, and and I actually appreciate those that that aren't marketing, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and are trusting me and you with the Buckingstock News to market for them, because uh, you know, well, i guess uh, that, I'm gonna, it. But 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 I am going to say. People don't you, you 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 nailed it right on the head. People don't realize the effort that you got to put into actually marketing your animal to to stand out to grab the attention. And but when you say you know, I'm going to cut it, you off just a second. You
4: when, betcha.
2: When you say like letting people let you or or BSN market their cattle, but I I feel like like that is that is a step but, but there's people that, that don't even do that, that, that yeah. are complaining.
1: You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I've seen this since day one of the Breeders Connection with that message board and everything. There's always, always going to be complainers. And, uh, um, but, you know, and they're going to complain about the market. They're going to complain about the big guy, the little guy. They're going to complain about opportunities. They're They're just going to be negative. and and the thing i hate most is that those are the negative are the loudest and uh, but uh you know i'm just going to be straight up right here quality sells quality always sells and if you have a quality animal and and you promote it the right way and and uh you're you're going to get that animal sold if you have a realistic price on that animal and uh, the the problem is uh, that there hasn't been a lot of people that have adapted and adjusted their price on animals to get them sold. And Good point, too. uh,
0: too. And
1: uh, you know it it's uh, that's why I appreciated Black Cherry. Brett Barrett put him on there with no reserve. He didn't have a you know he put him on there with no reserve and and uh, Brandon Stewart can attest for this because he was having to help me run the bidding that night because my computer crashed the night of that bidding and so I was I was uh having Brandon uh do the bidding for me over the phone <laughs> and he can attest that there was not one buddy bid bump on that bull it was 100% legit real money um and and the reason being he had him on there with no reserve. High bid took him home. They knew that no matter what, if they wanted that bull, they had to bid. And what I get most frustrated with is somebody will see a bull sell for 81000 So they're going to set their reserve at 80000 because that's the price they want for a bull. Or they're going to set their reserve at 20000 or 50000 instead of, you know, realistically... You know it's a ten thousand dollar bull. What he sells for beyond that is what two people think he's worth yeah and uh you know and that's that's what you see uh, a lot of people complaining is they think their animal is worth more than it really is, and so they can't get him sold and uh it it's it's just happened to be real with uh where the market's at and and the market is good the market is strong um but it's got to be a you know a 21 and a half point bull ain't going to win what he used to be able to win you know oh, well, it's it. it's going to take a yeah, we, it's going to take a twenty twenty two. 22 i mean what was a wow factor two years ago five years ago isn't the wow factor bull as it is today and uh, there's there's more wow factor bulls out there. And, and uh, you know, I was visiting with Brendan Stewart about this the other day. It isn't that I don't think the bulls are ranker today. It's that you've got handlers and you've got trainers on these bulls where they're bucking as rank as they always have, but they're not bobbling and making mistakes like they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, know, I know judging events, there was, you know, uh, times that that bull would have been 23 points if he didn't stumble. That bull would have been 23 points if he didn't. And I think we can attribute that to the training programs and the guys handling the bulls right now that are taking the time with those bulls and, and uh, you know, to where they're, they're going out there, giving it their all without stumbling, without, you know, whatever. So I don't think it's that the bulls are ranker, It's just that they're more fine-tuned. Well, that's, and, that's, a, that's a good observation. And, and it's that fine-tuning on these bulls that, you know, those fine-tuned bulls that can go out there and pull a check every week, they're going to bring the most money. Mhm. And that leads me to another point, you know, of uh, you buy a bull, who are you going to send him to? Because, uh, you know, just because just he's giving you those those trips for one buyer, uh, you gotta, you gotta have somebody that's gonna be able to handle that bull for you to where you can continue having those same trips.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely have to. Uh, and you're talking about these big money bulls, and it, it really doesn't matter big money, little money, whatever. You gotta send them to somebody that can get the most and, out of them. And, and that's
1: where the market, the the futurity market, in my opinion, has changed the most in the last couple years. Is is now it's all about partners. It's all about you know your bull handlers, your bull trainers that the ones that are hauling them, feeding them, taking them down the road, competing with them, that, you know, if you look on the list how many different partners they have have on a bull, um, you know, it's it's that that partner, that partner money that that drives the market right now in the in in the industry for the big money. You know, and there's a there's a whole other market out there for for your you know rider age hauling bulls, you know, uh, rodeo bulls. But when it comes down to uh, um, uh, the futurity game and those those futurity bulls to you know bring bring that kind of money that we've been bringing lately, it's it's partnership money that's doing it.
2: Well, you, you mentioned too that that a lot of this was was new money and and for people that don't understand what what that means is is people that haven't been in for forever uh people investing in these two year olds uh that trying to make a push for it buying the the number two ranked security cap in the world you know and that that's cool for people that are involved, knowing that there is new people outside money, whatever you want to call it, coming into our business to to play
1: yeah. And and that and that's just it. And uh you know there and and that's why I've been telling people with this year, you know, the COVID year and everything. Uh there's there's been businesses that, that have struggled and, and have been hurt this year, but there's some businesses that have completely strived better than ever this year, you know, different things. And for sure. and and people that didn't have, you know, strong money all of a sudden the end of this year they they got money that they haven't had before and uh you know that that that's where some of that new money comes with and it's just it's just uh you know those those that are able to adapt are going to survive and uh i think this year has really really proven that to to most people and and that's what's exciting to me is to be able to see that there is money out there on uh willing to to invest in in our industry it's it, it
2: definitely i i don't know it's it's cool cuz at the end of the day like for any of us to make money i mean that's in, in any aspect of life that's that's how the world goes around right money being spent so and, Maybe it's different for for Laramie or you, Nate. But uh, again, the the negativity. It seems like you know that that is basically fairy tale land. Because if you look into it, uh, we we are striving. In my opinion,
0: it,
1: it is. And, and like I said, the negativity isn't anything new. It's it's been going on. You know, like I said, since the beginning of the brooders Connection. Um, but it's. It's it, it's just the negative are the loudest, and those those that are just uh, you know silent, willing to take chances and and uh, willing to to do things that you know not everybody else is doing. They're the ones that are being able to sell a bull for eighty one thousand uh-huh. dollars, and uh, and those those are the people that I appreciate. It's, all,
2: that? <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that about. Just you keep bringing up the black cherry deal because uh, let's let's face it, Brett, Brett Barrett's not an idiot when it when it comes to the bull game, and and Larry stated that at the beginning of the year when when Brett broke out, and I was like, I remember saying something like, "It's good to see Brett again" or something, and Laramie said, "No, no, that, that's that's a bad thing. It's, it's <laughs> not just Brett again. When he he's showing up for for a reason. He has not been here for five years. Now all of a sudden he's back." You know yeah
1: and, and he and, he knew he knew the right time to to show up with one and to cash out with one and uh and uh i i have a lot of respect for for uh brett and uh i mean there ain't there ain't no there ain't too many people out there that buck can go through as many bulls as that guy does yeah and uh, and uh he he's he he's always he he it isn't that he hasn't been around he just hasn't been around the the futurity game in the last few years. Not, not to change the subject,
2: uh, Nate, but we're kind of nearing, nearing our end here. Uh, have you, uh, I'm assuming with the, the bull sale at Fort Worth, uh, we're going to be able you're, you're going to be around for the ABBI finals, PBR finals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, Oh, just 2020 has been, been such a wild year. You know, we, uh, I've been doing, uh, uh, managing the NFR sale for probably the last, this would have been my seventh year, uh, going into it. And, uh, you know, with, with it moving to Texas and, you know, we were hustling and uh, just couldn't make things work. So ended up canceling the Benny the Binion NFR sale this year. But, you know, I, i was really kind of disappointed because boy i was looking forward to being able to sell some bucking bulls in texas during the nfr and uh cad and jesse beck they they saw the opportunity when the pbr moved to texas to uh move their tnj bucking stock sale uh to the uh uh to fort worth to uh, the stockyards uh on november 10th and 11th and uh Tad called me up and and wanted to know if I could get involved with helping them with their sale. And, uh, you know, like I said, that's, I I was really looking the only thing better than being able to sell a bunch of bulls during the NFR in Texas is being able to sell a bunch of bulls during the PBR finals in Texas. (laughs) And so, and so, I mean, it's, uh, it's shaping up to be an outstanding sale. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, it's going to be, uh, you know, November tenth and eleventh, and we're we're really trying to work uh, as much as we can around you know the ABBI schedule and everything. Um, we're doing a uh, what we're calling the elite sale, which is going to be the night of the tenth, and we'll start that actually at eight o'clock p.m. Um, hopefully, you know, after the the welcome reception uh, that the ABBI is doing at uh, six seven o'clock. And so at Cowtown Coliseum, we actually, Tad and Jesse, got that sanctioned to be a PBR touring pro event. And, uh, you know, those 40, 40, you know, kind of top elite bulls are going to buck and sell that night. And then during the day, starting at 10 o'clock a.m. on uh, um, the 10th and the 11th, uh, you know, it's just going to be those really good, you know, using type bulls that that those guys, you know, uh, didn't get an opportunity to pick up this year at Texarkana and a few other sales that got canceled. So um, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be down, uh, down in Texas during the PBR finals this year, helping them with that. Awesome.
2: Well, Nate, uh, Larry, you got anything for him? Just itching on you to, to talk about before we get off here? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we can talk about promoting and, and bull selling.
3: Uh, for a week straight <laughs> and not run out
2: of things so Yeah. Well maybe we'll have to maybe we'll have to catch up with you, Nate, while you're down uh from South Dakota and Texas for the, uh, the bull All right.
1: Looking looking forward to it. I'll uh I'll I'll sure enough try to slip over there maybe uh on the twelfth when I can. Sweet. Well we appreciate you taking
2: the time out of your day. We know you got a sale this evening uh to talk to us about marketing your cattle and, and the history of the Breeders Connection. It's it's definitely been
1: been fun. All right. Well, you guys keep on pressing on. You guys are doing a great job with uh, what you got going on. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. All
2: right. We'll see you, Nate. See ya.